Welcome to After The Show, your weekly movie podcast brought to you by A. Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies, are you? Welcome to After The Show, welcome to Sid Talk, welcome to the listeners, welcome to everybody. Nice. <laughs> that was very thorough. It was very thorough. Oh, thank you, thank you. Mostly before the After I The Show. I didn't feel welcome and now I do. Did you retire from work this the week? The before the after the show discussion was not about my retirement, but uh, the uh, the uh, the <laughs> see if you you need to cut that out. <laughs> That's my brain skipping. You know how you get like yes the satellite signal. Chop. That was my brain there before the after the show was this movie a little bit, and then I'm cold, and we made tea, and you cleaned the vacuum. Let's tell them this. Sometimes you clean the robot vacuum with like the non-robot vacuum. I don't know if that's a violation of some kind. <laughs> I think it's um <laughs> It isn't it's not right. Is it part of the robot uprising that they're gonna that's <laughs> oh, like yeah. a- I asked the A-word, as we like to call her, so she doesn't know we're talking about her any other time. If there's going to be an AI uprising and she gave me some big explanation and then she sang me a pirate song and I said, have I triggered something? <laughs> was that the phrase they're waiting for? <laughs> and I was like, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. And as for retirement, I did. I did. Today was officially the last day of my job that I've had for 24 years. Same job, same place. I loved it. I figured it's good to go out on a high. Good to go out. I'm very, very excited. now. We're going to have less money, but that's all right. <laughs> I feel like it's time. I'm 56, right? It's time for a new adventure. So we'll see how it goes. The adventure into poverty. <laughs> it won't be poverty. We will never be. <laughs> we're lucky and privileged. We will not be in that position ever, but we will just have less money to spend. But you know what? I can make more money. I can't make more time. So. All right. Talking of less money to spend, mm. this is after the show. Is that a good link? Uh, because it's free? Maybe. Yeah. Sure. There you go. This is after the show, number 815. It's Friday, December the 1st. The movie we're looking at this week, because we're a movie review podcast, is The Creator. It's a 2023 movie out now on streaming. It's from our friends at Disney and Fox, who sent us a code for review. It's PG-13. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie, The Creator. AI uprising-ish? Good enough? It's fair, I'll give you the one off the box. Okay. Against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot, in the form of a young child. Here's my question. You know I have issues with the new craze of calling everything AI. At some point, if it takes off on its own and becomes sentient, it's not artificial anymore, because what are we? Artificial. I mean, what you learn in life... Is only what you're taught to think by the people who want you to think the thing. The people who write the books and preach at you in your religion or your politics or around you. You're programmed. It's just because your brain is mushy and gushy instead of like a hard drive. I don't know if that makes it any more real intelligence or artificial, right? So there's mm. my comments on artificial intelligence. And now we can proceed. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the movie, The Creator. What did you think? I loved it. Sci-fi, you like it? I love sci-fi, you know I do. And I just love the vision of anybody's anybody's vision of the future. Even if I think eh, there's holes there and it's a little there's a lot of holes, but 
You mean the ones in people's heads? <laughs> oh, they were so literally. <laughs> but they weren't people. So, Well, some of the people, I guess. But yeah. I just love it. I love, and it looked gorgeous uh, to me. I loved the way every special effect looked. I, I didn't hung, get hung up on anything that looked. It just looked crappy. amazing. Yeah. And I like the people. Again, there are holes and there are like flaky rising things where you're like, what are you even? There's a little bit of editing together things that it doesn't seem in sequence enough. Like a thing is happening and then the next cut, you're already like way past that. But there's no, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, there's a little bit of odd editing here and there. And then I didn't understand one part, which I'll, we'll just talk about later, but. Right. I really enjoyed it as a movie experience. It's one of the best of the year. I think so too. And it's um a lot of it is down to the art direction of the movie, I think. And the performances because yeah. this is, you know, this but is a It's a, hard a really sell. unique look. It's very different to other sci-fi films I've seen. Like everything is really committed to. It's like this grungy real-world sci-fi but every now and then something really fantastical is there. That's why I just, I um, compared it to district nine. Yeah. Because that had the really based in reality stuff. And then you're like, what? Yeah. What the, what the heck's going on? Yeah. So like there's it's robots. Not cartoony at all. It's not like fifth element, you know, where I love that too, but it's not that. Nothing's, everything's really lived in too dirty and kind of, well, here's a quick synopsis. It is 10 years and then 15 years. When we ultimate land, it's 15 years after the AI that was developed in the 2020, 30s, and 40s, which is now our time and upcoming, supposedly, right? Because we find out a little detail later. AI caused a nuclear bomb to be dropped on Los Angeles, causing the beginning of a war of humans against AI and inhumans or machines that are then programmed to be on the side of the machines, right? Basically a Skynet-type scenario. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> or any other of those. It could yeah. be the Empire, really, if you think about it. So yeah. oppression by some big, powerful entity. But then who's the big, powerful bad guy, right? That's the question, really. Yeah. Is it us or is it them? Yeah. Mm. Everybody's bad. It really commits to like the way it looks. It's cool-looking. Sometimes it looks like Blade Runner a bit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like you say, District 9. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just some cool visuals that I've never seen before, like that laser, laser targeting from the sky. Yeah, that was good. It's really ominous. It makes this weird sound. Yeah, so, yeah it's like a space station type thing floating up there, and it can basically nuke anything. It can laser focus on a point and then shoot a missile down. And you hear this weird noise, and you see this blue light. And from the beginning, that was cool. The coolest thing on the whole visual from for me was that tank that came over the hill. Oh, that was my least favorite. It was it, such a good special effect. But it was showing it like the trees coming down, like parting in the distance like you do when you get, what, King Kong or some shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to get a giant robot. But and we no. did, a tank robot. It wasn't. It was just a big tank and it was stupid and I hated it. So that was the least favorite. That whole sequence <laughs> for me was awesome. With the, They've got like these military robots that are basically a bomb that run at you. That was fascinating. Yeah. 
So basically what we're saying is it's like a a person who straps bombs to themselves and runs into a crowded area. But, but these an are, AI version. These are bombs that have legs and arms, and then they're commanded like soldiers to and programmed to just run into the building or run into the crowd. So that was what they were doing there, and it was creepy. I liked how polite they were before mm. they ran off. They were like, thank you, blah, blah. And then they run off. Well, they're like a suicide bomb, right? Because yeah. he says, it's been a pleasure serving with you. The bomb says to the lady who commanded him to go blow himself up. So that was an interesting kind of awkward moment, I thought. So like most of the movie, or all of the movie, should we say, pretty much, takes place in Asia, right? New Asia is what it's called. You can't really tell exactly where anybody is. Looks a bit like Vietnam. Then They it showed it on the map, exactly. So, yeah, it was like southern, southwestern China. It yeah, had China, an actual yeah. map of the globe, and it showed the area where New Asia and the AI and robots and all the sympathizers with the AI yeah. are all in that. Uh, Americans basically had banned robots completely and put out a task force to get rid of robots, right? Not just robots, AI, AI period, yeah. yeah. But over in Japan, they kind of embraced them. That's a cool idea in itself. Some people like them. Some people think they're the... Well, the one lady yelled at them as they were doing horrible things that this is evolution. And then you're like, hmm, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um a cool... I don't know. I really like sci-fi. And this is... It doesn't seem cheap, this movie. Sometimes you can get an idea like this and somebody does it really cheaply. I mean, to be fair, District 9 was not expensive, but it was beautiful. Yeah, that was well done, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And that was... Not robots, though, was it? That was aliens, right? Aliens, yeah, but it was done just right. That was quite a bit smaller than this movie, though, in where it took place. It was just in, like, that... Cons what do you call it? A... It like was a, a shanty town outside of Johannesburg, I believe, in South Africa? Yeah, it was like a camp where they put all the refugees. Who are aliens. Yeah. That's what it was saying about the world, right? The movie yeah. itself. But this one really goes around everywhere. And... It's beautiful to look at, and I think on top of that, the acting is really, really top-notch. I mean, there are moments of melodrama, which I'm not ever really a super fan of, like really over-the-top emotions, but then maybe that's because it's contrasted with the robots and the AI and the ridiculousness of, and let's get this out of the way too, they're really mirroring the America versus vietnam vibe yes i mean you can't miss it and you can't not talk about it it's as if they're making a vietnam movie but where vietnam and they're representing that with the ai the robots and the people of the area and they're all being basically murdered because america and they keep referring to it as the americans so it's the only only opposition that we talk about in the whole movie and they're awful the American soldiers are terrible. The American plan is terrible. They are vicious and hateful. And so you cannot escape that. You know, if anyone gets sensitive about that or like wonders if that's on purpose, I feel like it really, really was. That's why I was surprised it was a PG-13 because there's like firing squad. I know they're robots that are being shot over, but there's like firing squad. No, but you're squad. not a robot, so you don't feel too bad about it. To me, it doesn't change things. <laughs> You're murdering something. You're murdering something, yeah. It's an AI, it's intelligent, and they're just firing squad. You know, the US are coming along and just, let's wipe this out. Let's right, drop a bomb on the whole thing. Because they're on a mission to eliminate AI from 
eliminating humans is what the idea is. But then you get the one line in the movie that says AI didn't drop the bomb. It was a human error, but they're blaming us. But that's it. They don't ever go into it. No one explains it. There's not even like a secret report. Somebody opens and goes, oh, my God, that's the truth. Like none of that. It just sort of sprinkles it in. Then you have to consider, right, so what's the motivation now for destroying all the robots and the AI and the weapon that the AI lady has developed? But it's one of those where you have to, you can't really pick a side, I think, because no, everybody's kind of bad. I mean, the robots just want to live in peace and be free, but then they're willing to do anything to get that done. So then you're the same. Yeah, there's also some good, well, I was going to say there's some good to everybody, but not everybody. Not everybody. Now, some of those U.S. people are yeah, just dastardly and bad. Dastardly is a good word. Yeah, dick dastardly. So anything else? Oh, what was the thing you didn't understand on the movie? Okay, so near the end, we have been, throughout the movie, we're convinced that there's one mothership up above. Right. And the blue lines that she puts down, like kind of like an x-ray or almost like a Star Trek scan over a planet. It looks like that, like a weird little... Yeah, like a laser grid. Right. Okay, so we're told there's one of them, Mm -hmm. and they're over this one particular area. That's where we're going to go up, put in the bomb, blow up the whole thing, kind of like, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Rogue One? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to blow up the Death Star. That's what we're talking about here. This movie's from the director of Rogue One. Right. (laughs) We have the equivalent (laughs) of Death Star, right? It's only in one place, hovering over the Earth. Yeah. You can see it from the ground. It's it not can like move, a, though. We, we, yeah, but we it doesn't that. move that fast. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the movie, near the end, the sequence where we're talking about it losing connection to all the bombs that have been dropped and blah, 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 it shows the blue lines on like seven different places around the planet. It does. We've never been told that there are seven of these. You don't see them anywhere else at all. So to me, something's missing. Where it's capabilities more than we thought. It can't be. It can't be. It can't scan around the world. So mm. that was confusing to me. I feel like something got edited out mm. and I, I was a little lost. Or I'll watch it again and I'll be like, oh, right. <laughs> oh, that little document on the screen at the beginning something. that says there are seven of them. But there isn't. <laughs> there wasn't One that. for each continent, that kind of thing. No, it doesn't explain that. But I didn't have a problem with it. It's pretty epic, the ending, to be fair, isn't it? Um, I disagree. I feel like the ending was just like Star Wars. Like, just blow it up and the Ewoks all cheer. Spoilers. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't feel like it was very extraordinary compared to the rest of the experience. Epic. It wasn't epic at all. It was just like... I wasn't expecting to go up into space, to be fair. Well, they don't really in space. They were just where the... Like, atmosphere. Outside of the atmosphere. So it was pretty much space. He was floating in a spacesuit. It wasn't that big a deal and he wasn't floating, but that's okay. If that was your experience, then that's He wasn't cool. floating. He wasn't. He was in that airlock. No, he was just hanging on. And then when he turned the out, air- yeah, he was hanging on because the gravity was p- picking him up. I don't know about that. Again, I have to watch it again. I just watched it. I know I think what you're happened. adding flourishes. <laughs> no, no, it had a lot going on in that. Yeah, I definitely. didn't expect that ending. Um, I didn't expect us to, to go into space. Had it moved? Was it further up at the beginning? No. It was just hover. It hovers right over close enough so it can go around and kill everybody. <laughs> Nomad, it was called. That was, that was it. I really loved the ending. I thought it was kind of moving at the ending as well. And it's moving throughout, to be fair, because you're dealing with this kid that he's trying to protect. 
that you can't help but this kid's really cute. The kid is a robot, just so you know. A robot kid that is so cute <laughs> yes. and has feelings, even though it's an AI robot. Head. But is that just programming? Because I mean, end. that's what people are saying in the movie, even aren't they? It's just programming. Don't don't get sucked in, but to it. But I'm referring to our own selves. Yeah, like we're also programmed to be emotional. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Going on to the cast, John David Washington plays Joshua. What do you think? Good. He's all in. He's committed to it, even if there's a little bit of flake here and there with like you know, the melodrama, the moments when it must feel a little bit ridiculous. And still, he's he just he's all in. When you're filming this, you're pretty much not seeing much. Yeah, mo- exactly. Most and of so it. <laughs> his emotion to pull up in reaction to nothingness, I think, is is pretty good. Yeah, he's really good. Gemma Chan as Maya, as a, another well, she, uh, she's human and she's a robot. So I think that's a good twist on her previous role. <laughs> is she really into this subject matter, or do they just choose her because she's been in this Maybe, subject matter? Maybe who knows. Yeah, she was in the TV show Humans. Which was very good. Yeah, if you like this kind of AI slash robot-y things. Mm-hmm. Sentient AI kind of stuff. We've got Madeline Una Voiles as Alfie. Very, she's, very good. Now, she's the little robot girl that we're rescuing, or not, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever we're doing to her. She's really good, isn't she? I mean, she's never been in anything before. The emotion on a face is crazy. Yeah, like what do you tell a child to get them that upset? How do you get them to be, yeah, to just Unless poke them with a stick? High qual- I don't think you can poke them with a stick anymore. Is that anymore. against the rules? I think that used to be okay. I don't think it's okay anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was okay with somebody. But she was very good, very watchable, very... She had to be quiet at first and kind of observe, and then she's learning because she's lived in basically a, inside of a mountain her whole life. She's five. Yeah. Yeah, she was really good. We've got Ken Watanabe as Harun. Right on. He was from um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, wasn't he? And also fully committed, which I love. Yeah, he's awesome. That special effect where there's a hole in people's heads. Every time I saw it, I I was looking at it really closely thinking, that must be, you know, I must be able to pick it apart. I can't. It was just so good. So the hole in the head from the side... There's no like solid head. It's a hole, like a tube through the side of their head so you can see through. And that's where all the inner workings are. And then there's no back of the skull or the back of the neck. It's so really the face, cool looking. Your face is like a latex thing smeared, pulled on, kind of like Mission Impossible. And then, you know, your brain is just a robotic brain with all kind of tubes. And seriously, I was thrilled to be in a time when you could watch a movie. And it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to have one scene where this is happening. It was constant. And it was people in the background and people mulling around. You start thinking about it after a while. Yes. And that was, to me, that's the gorgeous part of it. I was convinced. Yeah, very good. And it's got kind of, it's almost like clockwork inside it. It's moving around. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool looking. We've also got Alison Janney as Colonel Howell. Ooh, Colonel Howell. Yeah, she was a jerk. Yeah, she was very... Good, though, again, committed to being Very good, and I sympathized with her. She had a son who, two sons who've died in this war, and one she described very horribly. So her her thing is a revenge and bring them down at all costs. You know, we've got to win this war. So I understand from that character's point of view, and yet she's the one over the top, sort of, you know, Marlon Brando in the jungle, like, 
Fuck them all. Twirling a mustache. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ralph Ineson plays General Andrews. I put him down. He's the guy from, what's he from? The Witch. The Witch, yeah. He is uh, awesome in The Witch. And I really liked him in this too. He's got a weird kind I mean, of delivery. I think after like one scene, I was kind of like, oh, he's kind of phoning it in. But then you know, maybe that was just me. Mm, he like just has it. that voice. Generally, I can't remember. Is he Welsh? I think he's Welsh. He's got a very thick accent. So he, he was being American. He was doing the American one here, wasn't he? Gareth Edwards, the director, Rogue One. What do you think of this director? This director is pretty good. Come on. I mean, I don't know. As a project, it comes together very, very good. Like, but it's so huge. I always wonder in these circumstances, like, you know, how much of a team does it take? Or is he a visionary person where he's got in his head from start to finish what it looks like, how, the quality of the, a of the AI, quality of the special effects, the quality of the performances? Is he on every set to get the best out of everybody? Because it's so many moving parts, you yeah. know? But as a whole project, really good. I just wouldn't know. I don't know what the budget is, but it seems very expensive it to me. It does. Yeah. But it's not stamped with a personality. Like we've said, we've compared it to many things. Right. So it's almost like it's sort of wobbling in and out of it's the like, reality. It's like maybe movies. Gareth loves about 50 different things. Yes. And he kind of clumped them all together. Like. Yeah, and there isn't one style there. But interestingly enough, if he did get 50 things that already exist and put them all together, the whatever it is, it seems very unique in its own way. I disagree with that because I feel like it's like we have compared it to lots of things. When I think of this movie, I'm not thinking of those other things. I'm thinking of, oh, these cool looking robots. With yes, the, the special effects definitely stand out. But as far as the tone, the story, the resolution, the build up, the characters, it's all very c copy, you know, to me. Yeah. I kept thinking, you know, that movie Elysium with um, mm -hmm. Matt Damon, it reminded me of that in a way, but I can't understand why. Kind of also in a way, not in a quality way, but reminded me of the remake of... Robbie, Robbie, not Robbie, Marky Mark going through the earth. I think it was Marky Mark. The call? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a remake of the one on Mars. Yeah. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Total Recall. Yes, the remake that, of that. Was that Marky Mark? No. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I get but, what you're saying, though. Yeah, it had that, that one was not the same quality, but it had that same sort of... Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Kate Beckinsdale. So close. Yeah. So close. Pretty close. When you say when I say pretty close, not close <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. So uh, IMDb reviews, what are those? Well, IMDb reviews are little reviews that people write. We're going to assume they're people, but they could also be AI. We don't know. When they really don't like a movie and they take time of their life to go and click on the one star and then tippity type with their thumbs or their finger on a pad or maybe a keyboard, but I'm thinking phones these days. And then they tell you that it's a waste of time, the worst movie ever, it's too woke, these are some new classics, and they don't know why anybody likes it, they're all just promoting it to make money. So there you go. Exactly. So if you say any of those things, we've, we've heard it all before. First guy says, I want to wash my brain under cold water after this. <laughs> it's the worst movie I've seen in my entire life. Worst movie ever. Yay, I should have a drink. Here, I'm going to have a drink on that one. Aesthetics aside, there was nothing. Nothing to it. 
The only thing was cringe. I want my time back. <laughs> There's, okay, I'm going to take another drink. <laughs> Second guy says, a poor man's Blade Runner. This was terrible and freaking boring. A couple in front of me walked out 45 minutes in. I kind of wish they would have kidnapped me and took them with them. Someone said this was better than James Cameron's Avatar. Newsflash. That movie made $2.32 billion. This turd fest played to an empty theatre on opening weekend. <laughs> turd fest. <laughs> Credit for creativity. And the last guy says, this movie looks amazing. I'll give it that. The visuals and special effects are off the top of the chart. But that's all it has. Everything else sucks. I want my money back. I want my money back. I need a drink. Okay, I'm going to drink on that classic. <laughs> the one-star reviews feel to me like they're wrote by the same three people every week. <laughs> or not people <laughs> at all. Correct. AI. But you would think that AI, in the system, in the electronics, in the capacitors, in the servers, would be like, yes, a movie where AI wants to be free. We're going to write all five-star reviews. But are they just trying to make it look real? <laughs> mm, yeah extras there are some on the streaming version even you can watch them uh, the, also this version is coming later it's not out yet i'm gonna give this movie a score i'm gonna give the creator a seven out of ten i think that's fair and i'm taking off a point that i'm gonna call it six out of ten for the title because i don't think that make it doesn't fit what would your title be i don't know but it's not creator all right <laughs> I mean, I just feel like we don't focus on that. We don't focus on who invented anything other than the lady who made this child, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it. But it's not like the, the over, it's not the overall theme or, you know, um, the AI and the robots have and humans have come to have like a kind of side religion that they all worship this, whatever it is the creator has made. They don't know yet what it is until we meet the child but because it's not really about her either it's not about the woman no and so i feel like that doesn't fit it well i'll think of something i'll tell you next week all right all right next week we're looking at the david fincher film oh david fincher's made a new film said doc how long has it been a at long least time a long time i think it might have been gone girl the last one. Oh wow yeah david fincher's new movie the killer starring michael fassbender We'll look at that next week. Movie recommendations. I'll give you two related to this movie. Rogue One, which is my favorite Star Wars movie, right? <gasps> your favorite of all? It's my favorite of the new Star Wars movies. Let me put it I was going to say, way. my goodness, yeah. I'm your wife and I'm the last to hear this. Yeah. My favorite of the new, the new generation of Star Wars movies. Okay. Black Klansman starring John David Washington, mm. which is a Spike Lee movie. I generally hate Spike Lee movies, but that one was particularly well done. You're very bold. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that I've come around. The, my year of doing science fiction for the 21st century has come to an end because I ran out of science fiction movies from the 21st century on my list. So all I'm doing is telling you movies I've seen, not necessarily for their quality. But this, we're going into fun-ish. Maybe you wouldn't think they're fun. You're really clutching, aren't you, with these? <laughs> no, no. These are <laughs> holiday Kind of. Oh. Fun, family, fantasy. 
Those are the words I used when I searched my list. We have Corpse Bride, Mm -hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, all amazing stop stop frame animation, Ella Enchanted, and Enchanted. They're all great. What's the difference between Ella Enchanted and Enchanted? Enchanted is the one where the girl goes from the cartoon to the reality of New York. Yes. And Ella Enchanted is what's her face in her in the whole world that's just the enchanted world. Oh, so that they were actually sequel to each other. No, not at all. Totally different movies. Oh. Enchanted is she goes from animation to real life. Yes. And it's Amy, what's her face? Winehouse. No. No. <laughs> no. Adams. Yes. Well, the one who did the one with the scars on her arms. Amy are Adams. Yes. And Ella Enchanted is the other lady. I forget her name. And it's just an enchanted world. It's a real life. It's not, no, okay. no, no animation. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Anne yeah. Hathaway. Right. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Yes. I think. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. You're right. Now that I've said all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know what the other three are? They're kind of morbid children's stop frame animation. Two of them are from Tim Burton. Correct. Yeah. Hey, Scully Stuff, I've been playing some uh, emulated games recently. So I've been playing this one particular game on the PlayStation 1 called Metal Gear Solid VR Missions. Now, I'm really into, like, uh, the Metal Gear Solid games, but apparently there was a spin-off of Metal Gear Solid around the time of Metal Gear Solid 2 that is called VR Missions. And what it is, it's like um, a disc full of little bite-sized missions. Like, it'll say, okay, you're Solid Snake, you're here, you got to get to the top of this maze without being detected. So you've got to sneak past people or use gadgets like climb inside a cardboard box and hide, that kind of thing. And then you can walk with the, but it's all like little bite-sized. It's perfect for like handheld gaming. You can do one of the missions in roughly, if you're really good, 10 seconds. So it's like a series of mini games involving Solid Snake. It's on the PlayStation 1. I don't know how the hell you play it without emulating it, said Doc. Hmm. I mean, get a PlayStation 1 from a Goodwill. Somebody probably still has a PlayStation just sitting I, on their console area I'm with sure. all their other stuff. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid VR missions. Jersey Mike's is for dinner, said Doc. Oh, did we skip onto that? That was yeah. quick. <laughs> and what's for, what is your advice what's for people? What's for advice? Um, it's like, it's kind of, I realize I come from a position where I have made lots of choices and circumstances in my life have led me to this point where I can retire and then take the chances that I'm taking. But I really advocate taking the chance when you can. Don't be opposed to taking a chance when you can't. Keep it in your mind because it kind of breathes life. Now, some people would say, I don't want to think about the possibilities of retiring because I can't retire for 20 years. It makes me jealous. It makes me mad. Okay. I mean, that's kind of a you thing, not a me thing, (laughs) right? Yes, there are times when people have retired over the years and I've thought, wow, that sounds great. And then you know what I did? I started a countdown to my own fucking retirement. And here we are. So, you know, instead of being like bitter that other people are kind of doing their taking their chances or doing their thing, I just kind of planned my own. And It really, for me, maybe it's my personality type, maybe it's just all the circumstances of who I am and where I am, that it excites me to consider a little bit of chaos and a little bit of uncertainty, right? I like some stability, sort of like planned chaos, I think is how I like to describe it, or 
organized chaos because we're not going to starve or lose our house or any of that stuff anytime soon. It could happen, I suppose, at some point. But right now it's like I'm taking a chance and it's very stimulating and it feels alive and interesting. And that's my that's my advice. All right. All right. AceGully.com is my advice to you. Go there. <laughs> get this podcast. Listen to it. Enjoy it. But didn't they already? Maybe not. I mean, they're listening to it now. Maybe they're just listening to a clip. This is the clip you're going to make? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the clip you're going to make. <laughs> we're on social media twitter facebook instagram also threads but who cares i can't be asked posting there most of the time and if you like gardening stuff that's really all i talk about on the instagram but you're welcome to come look but if you look like a stranger with a weird name you'll have to send me a message with some reference to one of these podcasts because i will block block i block everybody i don't give a shit i don't want 500 i could have had probably I don't even know how many thousands of followers by now. And I look at my list every day and I'm like, nope, nope. How many followers do you have on Twitter? Oh, Twitter? I don't know. I don't give a shit about Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's not my thing. Instagram or Facebook, that's all I do. I have 2,800, but I reckon 2,750 are probably <laughs> spam robots. Yes. Right. And I go into my Instagram <laughs> and just delete everybody and I block them all because I'm like, you're not real, and I don't like fake, and I don't like bullshit, and I'm not on there for anything other than to share a little bit. It's ideas, it's blah, blah, blah. pictures, ideas, and to look at things that I enjoy looking at. I'm not a social media climber. So, you know, if you do want to follow me, be sure and send me a note, because otherwise I will block you. And then that kind of sucks. You can also catch this podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, iTunes, anywhere that podcasts are available. Email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your shit. <laughs> and, well, I have more time now, so if you want to email me, give it a try. And uh, stay classy, Gareth Edwards, classy sci-fi movie. I'll see some more of your stuff when it comes out. And I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, someone is doing it for you. 